Hello everyone and welcome to Conversations with Khofane. I'm Khofane Medise and we are continuing the leadership series with Botswana Insurance Company and I'm joined by the CEO, NJ, if you're fondly known as NJ, or you could call him Mr. Newton Jazeera. Hi Newton. I'm great. How are you this morning? I'm fantastic. I'm great. How's your week been? Oh, I take, but uh, that's part of leadership. That's part of leadership. Yeah. And speaking of leadership, today we'll be talking about leadership, or well, rather African leadership. And when you look at your experience, how would you define leadership in the African context? Well, <clears throat> there's a bit of um, the feelings part when you're talking about African leadership. Yeah. It's, it's, it's about the communities. It's about, um, you know, empathizing with the people. It's about being inclusive in your approach to, to things. Um, <clears throat> it's about really, you know, um, empathizing with the people uh, in their situations. Um, it's, it's more driven by, by community needs rather than, uh, you know, individuals. Um, and, and, you know, as, as Africa, there are some colonial legacies that we have oh. because of uh, what has happened to Africa in terms of the colonial era. Yeah. And that has left some sort of like, you know, colonial legacies in terms of our leadership and how we view leadership. Mm. But this sort of like, <clears throat> uh, in some cases, this is um, contrary to what our communities believe in, our cultures, our, you know, social fabric, how we look at things and how we do our things. So, so you really need to look at these things when you're leading in, in Africa. So it's about inspiring. It's about, you know, making sure that uh, you encourage people and leading by, by example. They mm. want to see you participating in what you're talking about True. and the encouragement that you give them in whatever you're doing. Yeah, earlier in one of our episodes, you mentioned ethnicities within Africa and different countries within Africa, how in Botswana it's different from Uganda. And so that kind of influences your leadership style. Is that something that you consider uh, based on wherever you are in Africa? Um, <clears throat> absolutely. And, and, and um, one of the major sources of failure is really this thing called cultural myopia, where you carry your own culture to mm. another culture and try to impose it. Uh, we have seen a couple of businesses trying to expand into Africa from other regions and they failed because of cultural differences. Um, we have even seen businesses from South Africa trying to go north and they failed because of cultural differences. So so culture and, and you know Africa is rich in terms of ethnicity, is it's really the mother of, mm. of ethnic groups. So you need to <clears throat> incorporate or, or put into your understanding of leadership the different cultural um, values that are embedded in these uh, ethnic groups that you need to really put on the table as you as you lead people in different uh, uh, territories. Yeah, because here yeah, it's very family oriented. It's not people working in silos um, in comparison to the Western world. So, you know, this might be a new concept for some people who are not really invested in leadership where, for example, they've been trying to implement a westernized version of leadership. So can you maybe help us compare and contrast what a westernized leadership looks like in comparison to an African one? Yes, so, so, so like I said, with African leadership, with African leadership, there's more community approach. Mm. It, it's more about community development. It's more about, uh, you know, uh, respecting the, the, the deep-seated cultural values and respect um, what is 
commonly known as Ubuntu across the whole of uh, Africa. The moment you mention Ubuntu, almost everyone sort of like resonates yeah. with what you're talking about. That's the humanness of, of, of a human being. Mm. Um, but when you look at the other side, you're talking about the Western um, <coughs> leadership. Western leadership is more about, you know, individual, individualistic approach. Um, it's about what our deliverables are you delivering if you're not, uh, that's it. Um, and, and it's really, in Africa, we have this thing that um, if you want to go far, you need uh, the team. Uh, oh, yes. Team. Oh, if like you want if to. You fast, go fast, you go alone. Yes. So really, <clears throat> that sort of like sums up how we look at things in Africa, how we, we, we consider uh, leadership and how to lead the people. So if you want to go really far, you need to, to move with your people. So, so you find that in Western cultures, it's about delivering. It's about are you meeting your KPIs. It's not a family sort of like oriented, uh, oriented uh, setup. Here at BIC, for example, you find that we've become a family. Mm. Um, <clears throat> we are together almost every day. We are together most of the time, more than home. So this has become more or more, more less like uh, a family. That's why if there are weddings, um, they become our wedding. Uh, in the Western culture, it's about um, family and um, family members only attend um, these events. But here you find that it's a mega, a mega thing where everyone against to participate because it becomes a family issue when one of us celebrating. Yeah, and yes. I'm appreciating that because I had a conversation with a particular leader and they mentioned how they were looking at leaving their job, but then all of a sudden they, they had a funeral at their home and then their boss came to pay their respects. And because of that one act, it made them want to stay because it showed that they cared. So I'm wondering, do you think that westernized leadership can, or there are certain elements of westernized leadership that can be adopted, or you don't think it would work locally? I think there's some, <clears throat> in my view, there's some universal um, principles of mm. leadership that apply in the Western world and also in the African setup. But obviously there are some things like what you've just mentioned where they need to understand that for us it's about this connection, mm. um, this humanness that we want to see in your leadership. Um, you, you need to connect with your people. It's about the community. It's about how people look at you. It's about um, the values you exude as an, as an individual. Mm. The, this, um, uh, this integrity, the moral integrity that we have for you to pay respects to someone's parents for the last time as the, they buried them. That's, that's you really showing connectedness, yeah. not aloofness in terms of leadership. But if you bring the individualistic approach from the Western uh, sort of like culture or leadership, it, it might uh, find, um, <clears throat> you might struggle quite a bit in the African context because people want to see whether you empathize, mm. whether you connect with their issues. Be it celebrating life or times of grieving, they still need to see that connectedness. Mm. And if it's not there, then people might feel like, why should I sacrifice my life and work for you? And, and the purpose, uh, it, there has to be clarity of purpose. You know, people don't want to work for a healthy yes. situation anymore, especially the young ones. They want clarity of purpose. Why do we exist? Why, why do we live as BIC? What is our purpose? Mm. Um, so, so if there wasn't this um, 
motto of ours of making lives better, then then you'd struggle to answer some of the youngsters when they ask, why do we exist? Yeah. Um, do we just exist to sell insurance? Or what does insurance do to people's lives? That is their focus. Mm. Yes. You reminded me of a quote um, <coughs> from one of John C. Maxwell's books. He says that you need to touch a heart before you ask for a hand. Correct, and and that's absolutely correct. Yeah. So so it's it's the it's the whole person. It's really the the the, the mind, the the heart, and their soul. For for you to be able to 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 connect with someone, you need to consider all these three factors. Otherwise, then you're on your own. And, mm. um, you, you can't lead yourself for a leader to be a leader. You need to lead people. Right. Influence them. Yeah. Absolutely. And influence them, which is another Correct. part. So when you assess the unique challenges and opportunities that come with African leaders or the African leadership style in a global landscape, um, what are they when you think it through? I, I think the, <clears throat> the biggest challenge we face as African leaders really is that, um, or African leadership in general, is that there's, there's too much economic inequalities that mm. you, 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 you see uh, across different um, uh, groups. Uh, there's a lot of, um, <clears throat> at the same time, it's rich to have various ethnic groups, but there's a lot of differences that, that exist and certain sort of like beliefs and um, uh, deep-seated um, cultures that are difficult to, um, you know, to, to eliminate. For example, if you look at uh, Botswana uh, government, the popular case of uh, the people wanting to stay in the bush and, wanting, mm. and the government wanting to provide them with water and better facilities. But because they are so into what they're doing and they believe in the... Um, in the environment that they're living in, and they see nothing wrong about it. Mm. It's, it's, it's quite difficult for them, uh, the government, to try and uh, make sure that there's equality. People get the same stuff, clean water, uh, clean health. Um, but at the same time, I think on the other side, we are rich as Africa in terms of uh, the resources that we have, the youthfulness of our population. If you look at uh, Europe, uh, countries like Italy, mm. you'll find that they're suffering in Japan, they're already suffering from very old population. Oh, wow. um, yeah. And the workforce, even in Canada, they, that's why now they're beginning to, you know, give people visas to come and work in Canada, you know. Yeah. So, so, <clears throat> so countries like Japan, they'll, they'll struggle a little bit because they're not as, you know, uh, open to to, to Africans coming to work in Japan, like Canada and other, um, mm. and other areas. But, but African leadership can actually exploit uh, the youthfulness of our population, the resourcefulness of our, of our Africa, um, and really take our position in the global uh, development oh, yes. to, to the level that we, we, we should be. So we can't keep on crying about uh, colonial legacies and, and uh, and and the the history that you know we were colonized and we were disadvantaged. I think we need now to come on the table and, and demonstrate the skills and the competences mm. that we have to develop our own country, our own nation, and yeah. our continent. Yeah. Yes. And then, how do you think um, African leaders can balance the need to preserve culture and heritage while aiming for modernization and progression? Because uh, for example, maybe you have a staff that's full of maybe an older generation and then you have a leader who's young and they don't know how right. to cope with right. that or having a female leader and then 
as a man, you're being told yeah. this is yeah. your leader. It's it's a it's a great challenge, I would say. But um, if you look at it, the there's a good mix of the older and the young uh, population in in Africa. Mm. So what we need to do as African leaders is to make sure that there's um, you know education around uh, cultural values and cultural practices. Uh, our traditions in terms of how we're living as a people. Um, let's make sure that um, people are not sold the story that the other westernized culture is better than our culture. Mm. Um, and this is where I think we, we miss a lot in terms of um, who we are as a person, mm. who we are as a people in, uh, in Africa, uh, because we then tend to adopt um, uh, certain westernized cultures that we don't even quite understand. Exactly. Um, so, so, <clears throat> so, in my view, it doesn't stop us from developing and adopting all these technological advancements, you know, making sure that there's economic development and social uh, sort of like, um, you know, um, improvement for everyone because we are maintaining and educating people about our culture. I think these can go hand in hand. Mm. Um, you can actually maintain and teach people about your culture, but at the same time, look at how do you make sure that we provide clean water to the people, good education, good health, um, and all those other social um, mm. things that you need to uh, to provide as a social good to, to the people as, as, as governments or leaders in, mm. in, in, in Africa. So, so I think, I think um, one doesn't exclude the other. Uh, they can actually develop together. We can adopt good things, technology, because I mean we can't keep on saying we we buy things by butter trade or exchanging <laughs> goods, but we, we can adopt these uh, improvements in lives, but uh, in in our life, but at the same time maintain the important part of our culture, mm. uh, the important part of our traditions. Let's not. Uh, let them go because um, we think that the Western cultures are the best. Yeah, yeah. this question is coming from the perspective of emerging leaders. Yeah. Is there a handbook that can explain all of this? Because most of the literature that's available or just well publicized is based on a westernized idea of leadership. So if someone doesn't have the experience you have and you have a leader who has this book-based or, or textbook-based form of format of leadership? How do how can they go about it? Because I don't really know if there's much literature supporting African-based leadership. Yeah, I think I think thank you for you know <laughs> tickling my mind about thinking about writing a book yeah. myself because I don't know of a lot of books that talk about these differences and and how young leaders in Africa should look at it. Mm. Um, a lot of us is now about the experience. Uh, that we have uh, sort of like practically uh, got involved in these things, but but by the time you experience um, your years of corporate <laughs> life is also getting limited. Yeah. Uh, so how much you can give back to the community, how much you can give back to other leaders is also a limited time. So so I think there is need for for there's a gap there where people need to to write about leadership in Africa and uh, and 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 how people can marry or work together with the values and leadership uh, culture in the West and our own leadership style yes. in Africa, understanding the community parts, how the communities are interconnected, how um, you can't work and succeed without the people, how individualistic approaches are dangerous for your own, um, uh, uh, I mean, 
as, as a leader uh, and, and how cultural myopia and not understanding mm. that you can carry on culture to other cultures is, is, is a big problem for, mm. for your successes. So, so I think, uh, I think it's, it's, uh, it's a big challenge that we need to, to, to confront. Mm. Yes. Well, I guess we'll be yeah. waiting for your book, if <laughs> anything. Thank you. It's being documented uh, now, so you can't write <laughs> from it. And, and speaking of merging both tradition and modernization, I know that you're into golf. Yes. And the beauty of it is that golf is often known, well, Western-wise, uh, as a sport that's used for business people to connect. Mm -hmm. And then the beauty of that is that the connection part. And so how has that been a, a fundamental part for you in terms of networking and even for your juniors, encouraging them to not just play golf for the sake of it, but to network and also have a healthy work-life balance. The, the interesting thing is that um, I can actually point to some business that has come through to BSC wow. through the golf connections. Um, some solicited, some just out of conversations and someone says, no, but I want to do my insurance. Um, so, so, so it's, it's, it's a good platform for creating relationships. And, and I always say that part of my job as the CEO is not to underwrite or pay claims, but my job is actually <laughs> to, yes. to develop this business development. Um, you'll find that I'm closer more to the business development team in terms of my activities than any other team, because uh, I believe that my job is to create relationships for BIC. Um, to make sure that uh, I, I, you know, I, I get more stakeholders getting interested in what's happening at Botswana Insurance and, and why they should be involved more with uh, Botswana Insurance, whether upselling or whatever, mm. whatever it is. But, but, but um, golf, golf is one of the key platforms that you can use to create uh, new relationships because sometimes in a football you you probably be playing with three new festivals that you don't know. By the time you finish walking uh, 10 kilometers, uh, surely you should have created some kind of relationship. While having or, fun at the same time. Also having fun at the same yeah. time. So, so I, I don't bind the um, thing that uh, some people think that golf is a waste of time. I think, I think they don't understand the business connection between mm. golf and, uh, and business. Uh, if you look at the old, men, um, old boys club, uh, it's almost the same sort of like uh, situation you're creating because if you're going into this golf setup, a lot of them are decision makers, a lot of them are leaders in their businesses. So you're really talking to the people at the top to try and bring uh, business to to your to your business. As mm. well. Yeah, it's actually very interesting yeah. how business deals are not just uh, formed in the boardroom, but sure. also um, during leisure time as yeah, well. Lots of them are not in the boardroom. Yeah, <laughs> yes. you see, that should also be in the handbook. Yes. <laughs> um, I know a, lot, a couple of young people who often have a stigma towards um, African leadership or African leadership style because of the association with maybe discrimination against various ethnicities or favoritism or even just some level of incompetency. Um, so what can you help us try to understand about the African style or even appreciate about the African style of leadership because I'm seeing that our perspective has been, as young people, has been very flawed because of what we were seeing maybe political leaders and yeah. the assumption is that yeah. that is African leadership when it yeah. isn't. Yeah. Mm. So so I, I think I think the, the African story is actually better as, in, as far as uh, leadership is concerned. Yeah. 
My, my concern actually is that um, we do not sell ourselves uh, mm. as much as the Western world. Um, look at the likes of Nelson Mandela, mm. um, the brilliance in terms of handling uh, colonial, the apartheid issue and moving into you know, the free Af uh, South Africa. Uh, the reconciliation, the, the resilience uh, when he was in prison and still urging people to, to fight for freedom for everyone. And then he comes out of that prison <laughs> after suffering for so many years and, and still go for reconciliation. Yes. That to me is typical of uh, the quality of leadership of African leaders mm. and that every African um, or upcoming young leader in Africa should actually look up to because this is quality that we find in Africa that is being used across the world. Yes. The Mandela qualities are not just South African or Africa, they are across the world. Mm. People admire what he did, people admire what happened uh, 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 with Nelson Mandela. So, so, so I think, I think it's, it's just that we do not sell our stories as much as uh, the Western world uh, does. Um, <clears throat> the Western world is more dominant as far as the media, the social media platforms are concerned. So so they sort of like then, you know, influence our young leaders to think that this is where the, the mm. best is, is emanating from. But discrimination is not a problem for Africa alone. Mm. It's a problem even in, in the Western world. Yes. So, so people need to understand that um, it's now about the personality of certain leaders. It's not something that uh, you can generalize that if you're an African leader, you discriminate. If you're Western, you don't discriminate. Mm. I, I think there are good Western leaders, there are good African leaders that people need to pick and uh, and see who to follow. Yeah. Uh, it's not about following each and every one. Yeah. I mean, if you look in the business space in, uh, in Africa as well, the likes of Dangote from Nigeria, those, those are serious business um, uh, individuals uh, that, that show you the right acumen if mm. you want to, you know, push your business across Africa and out of Africa, if you if you wish to, um, Strive Masiwa, for example, uh, from Zimbabwe. Um, I mean, advising the likes of Barack Obama in mm. the United States. Uh, that's that's not uh, a small thing. These are yeah. big guys that uh, are coming from Africa. So to think that um, Africa, uh, because it's Africa, there's there's less. Um, there's less leadership than than Western. Uh, I think our young leaders will be uh, will be lost. I think they need to appreciate that we have a lot um, that can come out of African leaders. We need to take our space on the table now and say, mm. here we are as Africans, and we can deliver much better than uh, some of the Western leaders that we, we yeah. see Western. Yeah. So so I think in a nutshell, I think that's um, that's what I think should be happening about upcoming. Uh, young African leaders. Yeah, I think you're also making me appreciate this platform as well. Like yeah. you said, we should sell our stories and, yes. and make it public and make it known yes. that yes. African leadership is yes. ideal and yes. the core pillars it stands on as well. Correct. Yeah. So, so, so it, it's, it's um, we, we tend to have, um, um, you know, the West coming to tell us that uh, they've discovered this or they've seen <laughs> this in Africa when we're like long senate um i mean there are there are arguments for example to say uh, livingstone discovered uh, victoria falls i mean 
And you're saying Zambians and Zimbabweans <laughs> yeah. are living across this river in Victoria Falls. So, yeah. so, so, so it's about selling the story. It's about how you sell yourself um, uh, to the world. And, and this colonial thing that uh, Africans don't think methodically, they don't think uh, mm. logically, they don't mm. think um, with a bit of complexity, mm. is what we need people to understand that it's not like that. Uh, it's not that... Africans do not have the capacity to think better than uh, the Western leaders. So, so yeah. I think um, that's, in my view, is, is the challenge we have. That's yeah. what we need to take. I can tell the passion is stirring and we can go on and on. <laughs> we'll definitely need a part two for this. And thank you all for watching. We will continue this discussion on African leadership. Make sure to stay tuned and watch us next time. Thank you for watching. Thank you.